Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Seeking Truth Podcast. Uh, Today's one is about running towards your blessings. And today, the whole message is inspired from Acts chapter 12. And one day I was reading this and I really felt God speak to me through this scripture about like the moral almost behind the story of running towards your blessings. So before we get into the message itself, uh, let's actually go through Acts chapter 12 and see what's actually happening in the story. So it says at the beginning, I'm reading from the ESV version, says about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, who was the son of uh, Zebedee with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread, which is the Passover meal. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivered him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending that after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. The people were really praying for him because uh, he was in jail. And obviously, King Harold had killed James, one of the other disciples. So everyone was really fearful for Peter's life, praying for him that um, when he was released and brought in front of the people that he wouldn't be. And then in verse six, it says, now when Harold was about to bring him out on that very night, so bring him out to kill him basically in front of everyone. On that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. So he's sleeping, two soldiers are next to him. There's two chains on him. And there's also sentries on the door and they were guarding the prison, right? So he's pretty, pretty well locked up. (laughs) He's pretty much not going to go anywhere. And then verse seven, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision or or a dream, it says in other translations. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod, and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark. So um, his last name is Mark, uh, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked on the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it is so. And they kept saying, it's his angel, which is his ghost. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. So we're going to stop there and we're going to have a look a little bit at what happened. So not only is it incredibly amazing that the Lord was able to release Peter from prison and cast off his chains, literally walked him out with an angel out into the city and 
the first thing he does is like, I have to go find my friends, you know, I have to go find my, basically my brothers in Christ. Um, that is amazing in and of itself, but that's not what we're focusing on today. I really want to focus on the second part of the story where he's gone to the house, he's knocked on the door, the servant has recognized his voice and she didn't even open the door. She goes to run the, to tell the others. And I really want to break down the moral of the story today. Run towards your blessings. So let's have a look again at that uh, verse. So Acts chapter 12, and we'll specifically look at 12 to 16. It says, in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. Now, some translations actually say she was so excited that she forgot to open the door. So this servant girl, Rhoda, was so excited about the arrival of Peter that instead of actually opening the door and accepting Peter into the house, into her life, into the lives of the other disciples, the other apostles. Instead of doing that and running towards her blessing, she actually is so excited and so in her joy, it says, that she turns around to go tell the other people, Peter is here. Uh, But, you know, it's so unbelievable that they actually don't believe her. So she's experienced this thing in real life. She's run to tell other people and they actually don't believe her because it's too surreal. It's it's too unrealistic. Without proof, they don't believe her at all. They call her crazy, literally. They say, you are out of your mind. Um, and she had to keep insisting, insisting, insisting before they would even come and look. Like they weren't even willing to come and look at the door to prove her wrong because they just did not believe her at all, and she had to convince them to even come and look. And obviously, once they came and looked, they saw that she was telling the truth and saw that Peter was actually there. But they struggle with that disbelief of even taking that first step of walking and and discovering whether what she was saying was true. They didn't even want to discover for themselves whether what she was saying was true or not. If she had run towards Peter, if she had heard the door knocking, she'd gone to investigate, she had recognized the voice of Peter, and in her joy had opened the door, and welcomed Peter in and walked back to the group with Peter, they would have had no choice but to believe that Peter was there. He would be literally standing right in front of them. But that's not what she chose to do. And I really feel like this is a really great metaphor for so many things in our life that something is knocking at our door. We recognize what it is and and we're so excited about its arrival that we go rushing around telling people and in our joy we kind of lose our focus in a way we stop running towards it but we we turn back around in the other direction and God just really wanted to put on my heart this idea of run towards your blessings he's delivered something to you right to your doorstep it's knocking and we have to open that door We can't, even if we know what's on the other side, you still need to receive that. You need to receive someone into your house, just like she needed to receive Peter into their house. You need to receive that blessing into your life. It's not actually your blessing yet. And you going around telling people that, you know, Peter's outside, they're not going to believe you. It's too unbelievable because there's no proof. There's no evidence of that in your life, no evidence of that blessing in your life. If you just take that blessing, you open the door, you bring it into your life, you don't even need to say anything. You can just walk up to others with that blessing in your life and they will believe you because they will see the fruit and they will see it physically in front of them. You don't even need to say a word. Um, And I feel like that's something that a lot of us do constantly is, is we spend so much time convincing people or trying to convince people verbally about something in our life that something's 
going really well. Maybe we're trying to verbally convince um, people who haven't experienced the love of Jesus about living with Jesus and about how great that is and about, you know, joy and freedom and all these things. But we're spending so much time just trying to convince them uh, before they even come and look. And we know, obviously, that if people come into the house of God and they experience his presence, that they're radically changed. But it's even getting them to that point in the first place. We can spend so long, like Rhoda, trying to convince people to even come and look, even though the blessing is right there on the other side of the door. So with things in life, if God gives you a blessing, and this could be a lot of different things, you know, a blessing could be a new job. It could be a new opportunity that God is going to work um, work through in your life, you know, it, the blessing itself could be Jesus and it could be what Jesus represents, that hope, that joy. Whatever the blessing is in your life, I really want to encourage you to run towards your blessing and grasp it and carry that blessing with you as proof of that blessing coming into your life rather than trying to convince people that it's arrived and rather than being so excited about it arriving this this thing that you've been praying for that it said that they had been praying for for Peter and yet they still didn't believe that what they had been praying for had come true because they hadn't experienced it firsthand yet you know and yet there it is outside they don't even realize it's knocking at the door so when God gives you something that you've been praying for and it's knocking at the door open the door follow that opportunity uh, respond to the calling of things that you may not know what's on the other side and you may not even believe that that is going to be the door that opens up onto that opportunity you've been praying for because it could have been anyone at the door you know a door door knocks all the time you know people can be on the other side all the time and how do we know that that is what we've been praying for or not unless we open the door and and run towards the opportunities that that God is bringing into our lives even if the person who knocked at the door wasn't Peter if you check every time that door knocks you're going to find Peter when he actually does come if you only check the first two times that the door knocks and then you give up and think that it's not going to arrive, Peter's going to be standing at the door knocking and you're never going to open it because you're never going to believe that it's him, you know? So when you're praying for something and God's trying to deliver it into your life, run towards it. Run towards it. Receive it into your life. Let it speak for itself. Don't try and prove to anyone that that job opportunity that God's given you is your blessing and you know that that's what God's called you to do. Don't try and prove to anyone that quitting your job and starting a new mini business is what God's called you to do and that you know God's going to bless that. Don't try to prove to anyone that switching what ministry you're focusing on this year is where God's really calling you to and that you know he's really going to bless that. You don't need to try and verbally prove to people why you're doing what you're doing or why you know that that is your blessing. Grab it. Bring it into your life. Let it speak for itself. Carry it with you. They can't disprove something that they can physically see in front of their eyes. And they cannot disprove that they can see you becoming deeper spiritually, that they can see you having other blessings and other opportunities and other doors opening in your life because you've trusted God with that thing. They can't disprove the fact that that business that you did start that no one thought would take off the ground is flourishing. They can't disprove that that job that you quit that everyone was like, why would you quit that? That was your perfect job. And you've, you've taken a job that has less money and in a different, completely different sector. They can't disprove that that wasn't the right move when there's fruit of that change in your life. Maybe you have more time to work on your marriage or work with your children, or maybe they can see the joy in you a lot more. They can see how much more spiritually secure you are. 
they can't they can't disprove these things when there is the fruit of the blessing in your life they can't ever disprove that the blessing wasn't there and i'm not saying that we have to strive to prove to people i don't want it to become a spirit of i have to prove that this is the right thing i'm saying keep doing what god's called you to do keep following the blessing god has given you and just let it speak for itself without giving it a megaphone and trying to force it to speak loud just let it speak to itself like they didn't even have to say anything. When Peter came back to the group, they didn't say anything at all. And the rest of the group was in awe and surprised. If we're trying to convince people of the power of Jesus, rather than trying to use words to convince people of the joy, of the happiness, of the freedom that they're going to experience with Jesus, I think it's really important or really a lot more impactful in a way to show them and help them experience that firsthand and then get them to wonder why this time is different to anything they've ever experienced before. Whether that is you asking Holy Spirit to really channel through you um, with these people and just pour out his love and his life to people around you and just carrying him with you at all times. Whether it's putting in that extra bit of love towards someone that you know is really struggling. Whether that's inviting someone to something that you know they're going to experience God. And it doesn't even have to be church. It could be a young adults gathering with other people from your church. It could be going to the beach with some friends, you know, getting them in an environment where they can experience firsthand the love, the joy, the peace, the freedom that we as Christians experience every day because we know we have a God who loves us and that we're fully loved and accepted the way we are and that we were called and created for a purpose. When someone is surrounded by a group of people who know that as their truth, they're going to pick up on that. They're going to feel that energy level, the mentality of this group of people is different. And they're going to question why are they the way that they are? Or, you know, maybe conversations and seeds will be planted on that day. Like instead of trying to convince them to just come to church to experience it for themselves, and they're going to not believe you that what you're saying is true. And they're going to put up like a, a wall, a barrier, because they it's too unbelievable, right? It's too unbelievable to believe that we could be praying to someone who we can't see and we don't know physically in the flesh that this person helps us to be a better version of ourselves, that this person gives us life and joy and energy and creativity and peace, that it doesn't make logical sense. And so we could spend all our time trying to convince someone and like Rhoda, say that we're crazy and say that we've lost our mind. Or we can help them experience it firsthand, live it out live out the prayer act out the prayer the blessing let its arrival speak for itself so when god answers your prayer don't rush around telling people that it's arrived don't rush around telling people that your job opportunity has come that your business opportunity has come that your husband has come that your family has come that your new season has come grab it live it out act it out let the arrival of your prayer speak for itself but Don't forget to open the door to let it into your life in the first place. Because if you've been praying for something and God's trying to deliver it into your hands, I think the worst thing that we could do, like the worst thing in terms of we would feel so much regret afterwards, would be to realize that that blessing was trying to knock on our door and we ignored it. We didn't recognize it for what it was and it left. I think that would be one of the worst things to experience. And so I really want to encourage everyone who's listening today that when God answers your prayer, open the door, 
accept it into your life. It may not make sense. You may not think it's real. You may think that it's a a deception. But if that's what you've been praying for, the Holy Spirit will guide you onto whether there's peace about that or not. You know, I, I don't want to discard that there could be like if you've been praying for a new job, for example, I don't want to discard that there could be deception jobs that are coming up. Um, but you know what you've been praying for. You know the type of job you've been praying for or the type of husband that you've been praying for or the type of sign that you've been praying for to know when it's the right time to leave something or to start something. So when it's knocking, let it in. See what it is. Open the door. And if it's not the right thing, you can send it away. So this was a really interesting topic for me to talk about, um, something that I have experienced personally recently, um, where I went through a few weeks of being 100% certain that something was going to come into my life and basically rushing around telling people, just like Rhoda did, that it had arrived, it was knocking at the door and I opened the door and the person was gone. Or rather that I opened the door and the person on the other side decided that wasn't what they wanted as well. And when I say person, I don't mean a person in real life. That person is representing something that I've been praying for. So that was, it was really challenging for me to be so sure of something that was going to come into your life and thinking it looked a particular way. And then when that doesn't work out, that falls through that feeling of uncertainty, but almost like sadness that you've told everyone that you know, it would go through that it was a definite, which I don't think necessarily is a a bad thing to feel confident that something is going to come through. But I can definitely see parallels between me and Rhoda in this story of where rather than just letting the blessing speak for itself and having that thing in my hand and letting that speak for itself of look what I've been praying for has come true. I definitely was like, I know this is coming, you know, I know it's coming. I know it's going to come in the shape of this thing. And that wasn't it actually. And that's not to say that what I've been praying for won't come. I definitely know it will come. I just think it will come in a way different to what I thought it would look like. Or maybe I will recognize exactly what it is when it does come. But that thing that came instead was a distractor or was a pre-person. I don't know. But I think this is very relatable for a lot of people where they think that something is going to happen, something is going to go through, maybe maybe for you it's like, you know, you're looking for a husband and a really great potential person comes along and you really think that this is it and you go around telling everyone, then you know, we're really, really great and then the relationship fails or you never get into a relationship, you never get into that dating phase Um, and you've already told people that, you know, this is the person that you feel you're going to marry, you feel like God's promised you that it was this person. And you feel almost that like, oh, I've run around rushing to tell everyone that this is what's going to happen, trying to prove to them verbally instead of just letting it speak for itself. Like when that has arrived into my life, letting that speak for itself of we're going to get married because the quality of our relationship uh, is so healthy that, you know, that's the obvious thing that's going to happen. Or if it's a new job, you know, I'm going to get a new job and I'm going to work here and you know, then maybe that doesn't come true. And then, you know, you've gone around rushing to everyone to tell them your blessing has arrived, but actually haven't grasped the blessing itself, which is the real job that God wants you to take. So I think it works almost in both ways of don't rush around telling people it's arrived before it has. But once it has arrived, don't delay in grasping it run towards your blessings. Don't run away from them because you're scared. Don't run away from them because you're so excited that it's come. 
and you just want to tell people without actually grasping it and settling into that, run towards your blessings. So thank you again for listening to this week's episode of uh, the Seeking Truth podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll talk to you in next week's episode. Bye.